You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Are you sanct? Did you, were you not here last week? Well, it, it's available on YouTube, and uh, it's available, you know, all you got to do is cwol.org, in case you weren't here last week. But um, I thought maybe a few of you weren't going to be here, uh, weren't here last, uh, last week, so I thought I'd review a little bit. The only problem with reviewing is sometimes I never get to my next one as I review, because there's always stuff, uh, no matter what you said. So um, we, Pastor Ron and I were away praying. And I kept praying out before these last days that you as the body of Christ, you as a church need to know, I need to know about sanctification and holiness. Well, those are Bible words that a lot of times uh, people in our circle, uh, they don't really minister on. And that's unfortunate because they're big Bible. They're just big Bible words like uh, hope, like faith and love. It's a big Bible word. Everybody say sanctified. Everybody say Holy. Does that scare you or something? Hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm sanctified. I'm holy. What's the purpose of this? Well, the Lord just told me and ministered to me that it was important for the last days. And so I began to meditate on it. And then I prayed out further that it's by grace. And, and, and it was important to understand grace before you go uh, talk about sanctification and holiness. So we talked about grace for seven, eight weeks around here on Sunday morning. And... Um, Last week, we began to talk about sanctification, and um, I have all my notes from um, all the years that I've been a minister. So I have 31 years of notes. Um, I use these books, my, the, the staff, those of who ever uh, type my sermons know, uh-oh, we're just losing stuff. That's extra sermons. So I do these books. You ever you seen these before? So I have... Uh, this is Z. Sandra, this is Z. She's excited about Z. That means next is double A. And so I have A through Z plus all the other sermons that I've ever done. I have a Word document that has every, uh, every sermon I've ever preached. Um, Doris Young started it for me way back when. And um, I looked up the word sanctification in there. And I didn't come up empty, but I didn't come up with much. And so I just like, oh, dear me. So such a big Bible word that in 31 years of ministry and 28, 29 years of pastoring really never talked about much. And this word is really important. And the Lord just really brought it to me. And um, I just felt like it's important that you and I know this word. So Acts chapter 20, verse 32 is where I want to start. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Don't you like to be built up? Aren't you glad God's not in the tearing down business? Unless he's going to build something up. I mean, he'll help you get rid of some stuff, but it's by the word of his grace, he's going to build you up. And to give you an inheritance. Does anybody like inheritance? Well, it's good to get a natural inheritance, but how much you know uh, that it's better to have a spiritual inheritance? You have an inheritance because that's what the New Testament is, is your inheritance among all them which are what? Do you, are, are you sanctified? And remember, we looked at some definitions. Sanctified means to set apart, uh, as to declare holy, consecrated, set apart for special use or purpose. And then we looked at this one, and I like this. It says, the state of proper functioning. 
So someone who's sanctified, you're in the state of proper functioning. So if you can be proper functioning, you can be misfunctioning. And uh, it says, so sanctified is the state of proper functioning. It is to set apart a person for the intended use of its designer. So it's uh, to set up, so be sanctified is to be set apart uh, as a person, uh, to set apart a person for the intended use of its designer. Who's your designer? Well, my mom and dad designed me. No, let's go a little, let's go a little bigger than that. Who designed you? Well, God designed mankind. In the garden, he formed Adam and Eve out of the dust of the earth, formed Adam out of the dust of the earth, and then you know, took uh, Eve from his side, and then the Bible says he breathed the ruhah, the breath of life into them, and they were created in the likeness and the image of God. They were alive unto God, right? And so we, our designer is God, and you and I are never going to be complete until we are sanctified, set apart for the master's use. When you were in your mother's womb, God determined who you would be. You were, you were prearranged, pre predestined for good works. God's got a great plan for your life. The Bible says uh, if you, uh, that, that as you seek the Lord, that he would give you the desires of your heart. What does that mean? He puts something in you, and as you seek him, he'll bring him to pass. So sanctification is part of that. I want to say it again. What is sanctification? It is to set apart a person for the intended use of its designer. There is a whole lot of people walking around today, even are born again. They are not performing the intended desire of their designer. We as parents tell our children, we don't tell our child, but you shouldn't tell your, you know, people say this all, well, you can be anything you want to be. We need to change that as believers dealing with children and our teenagers. We need to tell them, you want to be what God has intended you to be. Don't be what you want to be. Don't we be what somebody else told you to be. You want to be who God intended you to be. That's the only place you and I are going to be complete is when we do what the Lord has asked us to do. Amen. And so we looked at sanctification. And sanctification is a work of the Holy Spirit. And when you were born again, the Holy Spirit sanctified you. You may not have known that when you believed on the Lord Jesus, you believed in his blood, you believed that he was raised from the dead, then you were born again. But at that time, according to the word of God, you were sanctified by the Holy Ghost. And then we looked at this. We saw that by Jesus' body and by Jesus' blood, he has sanctified you. So sanctification is not something that you are trying to get. It's something you are. Are you born again? Are you born again? Do you know so? Do you know so? And if you know that you're born again now because of what I've just told you, you also know that you are sanctified. Now, this is the deal. In old time, another kind of maybe where you grow up, some of you may have grown up in a place where they did talk about sanctification a lot of times, but it was, um, it was um, usually um, aimed at women and holiness, and it was about the clothes you wore if you had any pain on your face and you had any rings on your finger. And, you know, it's amazing to me that a guy must have come up with that because it didn't seem to have anything to do with the men. And so religion puts you in bondage, right? But the scripture does have a lot to say about sanctification and holiness, and we're going to get to it. Why is it important? Well, because it's in the word of God, and it's a doctrinal word that you and I have to know, but the Holy Ghost is the one that brought it up to me. 
Uh, obviously, it's not something that I've studied a lot uh, because I went through all my notes and it wasn't there. So you're going to have to trust me that the Holy Ghost says that it's really important for you to know this. Because sanctification means to set apart, to set apart for the master's use. And you have been sanctified. You are sanctified. Just like you're saved, you're sanctified. You have to believe that you're sanctified. Did G- Jesus did it and I don't have to do anything? Jesus did it. Now we're going to get to the part where you have to do. But first you got to know that Jesus did it. You can't go from, salvation is from the inside out. You know, a lot of people misquote that scripture that says, um, you know, work out your salvation. Work it out. Doesn't mean you get to determine it out. Doesn't mean you get to decide what it is. No, because salvation is very clear in the word of God. The only way you can be born, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is life. No man, and I mean no man, can get to the Father but through him. Not many ways to God, one way to God. That's why it's narrow. Y'all are narrow. Yes, I'm so narrow that I only believe there's one way to God. That, that's how narrow I am. There's not many ways. I'm narrow. I believe what God, you know, uh, modern culture wants to change the word of God. But you can't change this book. If you try to change this book, uh, you're in a heap load of trouble according to the word. Can't add from it, can't add to it, can't take it away from it. So I don't care what culture wars are doing today. Uh, The war has already been won. Jesus sat down and this is the real word of God and this is what we're going to live by. I said, this is what we're going to live. Oh, you're just old fashioned. You can call me whatever you want, but I'm living in victory. Hallelujah. I'm living with God. I want to please him. Amen. So I'm sanctified, set apart because I'm born again. The Holy Ghost is the agent, the one who sanctified me, set me apart when I was born again. I've been sanctified by the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, so we looked at the sprinkling of blood. We looked at all those things. And so uh, I want to talk a little bit more about it today. And so let's look again, Acts 20, 32. And now, brethren... I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. And so I want to look at this word inheritance and sanctified together. What is your inheritance? Well, when I think of inheritance, I think of a blessing. When I think of inheritance, I think of the promises of God. How many know the promises of God are yes and amen in They're not just yes and amen. They're to those in Christ Jesus. If you abide in me, John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then and only then can you ask. It's not just for everybody. There are some conditions. You know, a lot of times people today don't like the conditions. They just believe, well, you know, if uh, if I say I'm a Christian, then I ought to walk in the blessings. No, that's not how it works. It's like prophecy. A lot of times it's conditional. If you do this, then I'll do this. You know, a lot of people like to talk about the blessings of Abraham coming on the church. But it also says if you hearken diligently. Hearken means more than to hear. In other words, you got to be a hearer and a doer of the word in order for the, come on, you got to walk. You got to do it. You got to do. Are you a doer of the word? Are you a doer of the work? Yeah, we're doers around here, right? And so there's inheritance. What is that inheritance? That seems to me to be the promises of God. Let's look at some other scriptures around this. Acts 26, 18, King James. Acts 26, 18, to open their eyes. So Paul is given his account of when Jesus came uh, to him, and then he is uh, rehearsing it and then giving his call. 
to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they might have forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So he's talking about the Gentiles. He said, my job is to open basically the eyes of their understanding to turn them from darkness to light, the power of Satan. How many know we once were in the kingdom of darkness? Did you get translated? Hallelujah. Translated from the, uh, from, from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Did you get your sins forgiven? Amen. And inheritance among them that are sanctified. So the Gentiles, they're getting their inheritance, what Jesus has provided, the promises of God that are yes and amen. The inheritance among them which are sanctified. How? By faith, just like grace, remember? How do you receive grace? Through faith. How do you walk in grace? In proportion to your faith. How do you, how do you stand in grace? You have access to that grace by faith. Everything is, there's a God side, but then our side. God provides provides, what has he provided? Grace. What has he provided? Sanctification, being set apart. How do you get it? By faith. Everybody say, by faith. faith. That is in me. And then I want to look at these things. We looked at this last time. So 1 Corinthians, we're going to have to slow down here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, I'm going to get into some meat of the word. Can you handle that on Sunday morning? Amen. Can can, Can you handle some meat? All right. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves and mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous. Can you get ready to do the? Oh, there it is. No, I want the Amplified Classic. You were ahead of me. That's what I want. Turn it back. AMPC. Do you not know the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. What does that mean? Well, there's an opportunity to be deceived here. There's a lot of modern preaching that might deceive you. But let's just stick with the word. Do not be deceived. Neither the impure, the immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor those who participate in homosexuality. Verse 10. Nor cheats, swindlers, and thieves, nor greedy graspers, nor drunkards, nor foul-mouthed revilers and slanders, nor extortioners and robbers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. Verse 11. And some of you were once those. Aren't you glad you've been changed? But you were washed, clean, purified by a complete atonement for sin and made free from the guilt of sin. How'd how'd that happen? By the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you were consecrated, set apart, hallowed. You were justified, pronounced righteous by trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, our God. So it it says in verse 11, and such were some of you. And so, so we talk about this a lot. You were a sinner. You were saved by grace. Such were some of you that committed and practices these sins, but now you've been changed. Come on, are you righteous? Are you holy? Are you sanctified? Now watch. Then it goes on in verse 12. It says, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under power of any. 
And then it talks about meat for the belly. Uh, then um, it says, for, verse 14, and God has both raised up us, has raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. And then it talks about knowing not that your bodies are members of Christ. So don't take your, the, don't take your body and join it to a harlot. And because this says, whatever you join your body to, the two become one. But you are what? You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And it does talk about then sinning against your own body. Now listen, why am I bringing this up? Because there's so much out there. Does it mean that you and I won't be tempted? No. I told you this is going to be me. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Because this is where we walk today. You are inundated. I am inundated morning, noon, and night with carnality. And the devil is not ignorant. Because see, the Bible still says the wages of sin is death. But one of the keys to you and I walking free from the carnality that's going on or where we came from before we were washed in the blood of Jesus is sanctification. Sanctification is a weapon. It's a tool. It's a place in God that you use to fight your battles. No. See, so, so I'm, I was once one of them. But today I'm sanctified. And so when the devil brings a thought or when a temptation comes, what is your answer? I'm sanctified. Um, my new nature does not allow me to participate in such things. <laughs> out of my mouth, you got out of your mouth. This is how you fight. This is how you win. My new nature won't allow me to participate in that. Come on. Uh, uh, you got to get a bouncer at the door. You got to get a bouncer at the door. He's a Philippians bouncer. What I mean, whatever things are true. See, a thought comes. Well, that's not true. That's not true about me. Well, then you better know about you. That's not lovely. I don't allow no ugly thoughts in here. Pure. That ain't pure. I ain't thinking on that. Well, so you got to do, you got to bounce them. You got to bounce them. So what, how, how do you fight? Well, the Lord is clearly saying, you know, he, he, it's interesting here. And, and understand what he said. Um, all things are lawful unto me, but they are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I'm not going to be brought under the power of any. Let's look at this. Galatians chapter 5. There's a good book I'd recommend. It's called No Longer Shackled. You can get it in the bookstore. Galatians 5. Everybody good? Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh. We're going to get to other stuff here in a little bit. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such the like. So I don't do any of those. Well, if you get my book, I made them in modern day English, and you'd be surprised how many of this you and I deal with. Uh, envying, murder, drunkenness, revelings, and the like, uh, of the which I tell you before. And as I have also told you in time past that you which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God shall not inherit. So the works, these are the works of the flesh and the devil helps with the works of the flesh, but these are just the works of your flesh. How many know your flesh didn't get born again? Your spirit got born again. You must renew your mind. You must keep your body under. 
Your spirit got born again. You're a new man. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You must renew your mind. You must save your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your, in, and your intellect. You must renew your mind. You must get your soul healed. And, and, so, and then you must keep your body under. The apostle Paul said that he crucifies his flesh, lest when he preaches to others, he himself would become a castaway. You got to keep your body under. Somebody shout, crucify it. Hallelujah. It says why? Such things you will not be able to inherit the kingdom of God. I'm going to let the word interpret the word here. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 9, New Living. Ephesians 5, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Hallelujah. Verse, keep going. Verse 2, uh, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there no, be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Everybody say they're not for me. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Verse 5, you can be sure that no immoral, impure, greedy person will inherit the kingdom. There it is again. Will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will This is New Testament, Ephesians. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness. I said that was a long time ago. Even if it was last week, that's a long time ago. But, you have, but now you have light from the Lord. Everybody say, I'm walking in the light. As you walk in James, John, 1 John 1, 7, as you walk in the light, the blood of Jesus continually cleanses you. I'm, I'm walking in the light. So live as people of the light. Everybody say, I'm living in the light. For this light within you produces only what is good. This light within you produces what is only what is what? Good and right and true. So it, see, it says here in these five scriptures about inheriting, inheritance, and then um, uh, inheriting the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not going to get into how many know. When you're born again, you believe in the Lord Jesus, you believe he's raised from the dead, you believe that in your heart, you confess that with your mouth, you are born again. That's when you got sanctified. Everybody shout, I'm sanctified. And then what happened? Well, then, we, then so the positional truth is you're sanctified. How do you walk that out? Well, then there's your side. In God, in God there's always a God side and a man's side. You can't do God's side, but God can't do your side. I lost most of you. You can't do God's side. Quit trying to be the Holy Ghost. You're not him. Right? But God can't do your side. I, keep, I lost you again. God can't do your side. Could he confess for you? Did you have to, could he believe for you? You had to do the believing. You had to do the confession. Are you with me? And in this, has he sanctified you? Could you do anything about that? Well, no, you just got the free gift of sanctification by grace. When you believed on the Lord Jesus, you are sanctified. No, you don't, don't try to get sanctified. You are sanctified. Are you with me? I'm not trying to be sanctified. I am sanctified. Come on, we can get a little Pentecostal with it even. 
I remember my mama, I never used to understand it. She went to a particular denomination that believed sanctification was a work after salvation. She used to say this to me. She said, I was sanctified a laughing. I never understood it. But I understand, at least in that denomination, they exalted sanctification. And that's what I believe the Holy Ghost is wanting us to do, understand what it is so that we can understand the benefits and how to use it as part of our arsenal to live in victory. Because this is what it said, the Bible says, that those who practice these sins, and there's a list, and there's a list. I used to, I just told Pastor Rhonda one time many years ago, I said, um, there ought to be a list of sins. And she said, well, the Bible's full of it. <laughs> and I was like, see, but I didn't grow up in that. And, and I, and then, um, you know, I didn't, un- um, yeah, so sometimes in churches like ours, people stay away from these subjects, but I can't stay away from these subjects and help you. Well, this is uncomfortable. Well, sin will kill you. How uncomfortable is that? Adultery can kill a marriage. Lying can kill a career. The wages of sin is always death. And so I don't want my flesh to dominate me. Does it have the opportunity? Well, if the apostle Paul, who was inspired by the Holy Ghost, had to crucify his body, then I think you and I might have to crucify ours. But you don't do it in your own power. In other words, I I don't start here. I start with, I am sanctified. I am the blood of Jesus, the body of Jesus sanctified me, but I want to inherit the promises of God. This is in these five scriptures what I see. I see that um, people who are trying to walk in the blessings of God may not be able to. They can't inherit the kingdom of God. They're not seeking. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, if all these blessings are going to be added to me, I'm going to have to seek first God. How do I seek first God? Well, maybe you ought to look here. And his, I'm seeking after righteousness. He made me righteous, but I got to seek after it. I am sanctified, but now I got to cooperate. How do I cooperate? Well, Galatians 5.16 says, if you'll walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lusts of your flesh. I got to renew my mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I have to renew my mind so I can prove what is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. If you'll spend more time uh, renewing your mind with the word of God, you won't be so confused of what his will is for you according to the word of God and your own personal life. And then I got to do what the apostle Paul said. I got to keep my body under. Come on, I, I, I got to boss it around. How am I going to boss it around with everything going on? I'm going to have to understand that I have been sanctified because if I want to inherit the promises of God, then i got to walk in this. Amen. Hallelujah. So we do have a part to play. How is this going to happen? John 17, 17. You all know this scripture. So how do, how do we do this every day? Do you want to do this every day? Sanctify them, Jesus said, through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So I am sanctified, but an ongoing process of sanctification comes as I get the truth of the word of God. In other words, my positional truth of sanctification won't become a reality in my life if I'm not constantly getting the truth which is the light, which is the word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth to the word is truth. Verse 19, Jesus said this, and for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. 
Yes, the truth will make you free, but the truth then also will make apparent your sanctification. What is sanctification? I've been set apart for divine use of the master, my designer, my creator. Ephesians 5, 26, talking about husbands and wives, but this is good. It says that he might sanctify and cleanse it. Talking about the church and marriage, that he might sanctify and cleanse it. How? With the washing of the water by the word. In other words, we get out there in the world and we get dirty. And especially in our culture today. Listen, you, you can't even turn anything on to get local news without getting bombarded with carnality. With the way of the world. The, world, the devil is not an idiot. He is trying to weaken the church and its stance because, it, because he knows how strong God is on this. God has not changed his mind about any sin. He never has and he never will. He says what he thought. <laughs> He's not squishy about it. He's not middle of the road about it. He's matter of fact about it. You and I, the only choice we have, if we want to inherit the kingdom of God, we got to do it his way. And the way you walk right now, the way I walk right now, we need to, the blessing of God on our life. We need to be able to walk in the kingdom of God, function in the kingdom of God, and God's not changing. We are. And what is the key? A key, not the only key, is sanctification. So I've been set apart. How do, I, how do I keep that? So that's a, a positional truth. How do I make it happen every day in my life? I got to get some truth in me. I got to get some truth in me. I got to be washed, according to Ephesians 5.20, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word of God. Hallelujah. And then another way, um, I like this one, 1 Timothy 4, 4 and 5. And I was like, well, this doesn't really apply, but I felt like it did. For every creature, this is talking about praying over your food. For every creature of God is good. And nothing shall be refused if it received with thanksgiving. Verse 5. For it is sanctified. So when you pray over your food, if you've ever been around me, when I pray, I use this one a lot. For it is sanctified, set apart by the word of God in prayer. Well, if he can sanctify and set apart food, don't, they, don't you think he can sanctify and set apart you and your body? I mean, if he's so concerned about food... That you pray over your food and it's sanctified because, you know, he's talking, to gent, uh, he's talking to Jews here about, you know, their, you know, remember Peter, Lord, in a vision, rise, kill and eat. And he's like, I ain't touching that. And he said, don't call clean, don't call unclean what I've called clean, right? And so he, even given this natural illustration about food, it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer. I'll tell you this. That praying, praying for yourself, you, you set yourself apart and a prayer, the word and prayer. Now, this one is in the King James. You, you and I use this one a lot, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, in the very God of peace, sanctify you wholly. What? Your spirit, your soul, your body. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I pray. So every day, what should I be doing? Praying. Praying what? Well, about sanct. I mean, Lord, help me to walk in my sanctification. I'm sa I want to inherit the kingdom of God, all the promises of God that are yes and amen. I'm not going to participate in what my flesh would like me to participate in. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. 
and all these things are going to be added to me. The promises of God are yes and amen. But the inheritance is for those that are sanctified. Is There's a reason. Ooh. There's a reason that most people, it, it, it's, ah, yeah, yeah. There's a reason. I'll cooperate. There's a reason. Ikarangi shefehene. Man shevente suka okariki acha pahai. Dosi vese bashkenine esto lobran celebrata. Ikavo onshi mangra ansikapo u zeve an ajigada. Ista mahala hase. And so it must be known. And it must begin to be practiced among the church. You must be sanctified. You must be set apart in order to walk in the promises of my promises that are yes and amen. Yes, I have positioned you. Yes, I have made it so through the blood and the body of my son. But it is time for you to walk free from the things of the world. It is time to separate yourself because I desire to do a good work in you. I desire to bring things unto you. But you must walk in your sanctification. You must walk in your holiness. And as as you do, great and glorious things will happen for you. That's what the Holy Ghost said. Now listen, if you're not familiar with that, tongues and interpretation have not passed away. That is very scriptural. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it's a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And, and you know, if you've been around here a while, that's just how the Lord uses me. Um, and, you know, a lot of times because of the size of our church, tongues and interpretation come this way to that way. Uh, but, you know, um, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Sometimes he helps me out when I'm having trouble. Hallelujah. Uh, but are you sanctified? Do you see the purpose of it? Do you see the importance of it? A lot of believers who believe in Jesus are not walking in the promises of God because they refuse to sanctify themselves. It's a problem for me. It's a problem for you. I still have a flesh. Do you? Does it ever get tempted? Some of you, maybe what you were delivered out of comes knocking on your door. And, and, and this is not about guilt and condemnation. There's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, in Christ, in Christ Jesus. The key to stay free is get in Christ. The key to, to, to walk in the promises of God is to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Now, this is what I want to get to today. i got 11 minutes to get to it. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 4, 3 and 4. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 4. 2 Thessalonians 4, 3. Not 3, 3. Yeah, that's good too. He's faithful. But 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain. 2 Corinthians 4, 3. This, for this is the will of God. Can you change that scripture? Thanks. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Let, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Let's go over it again. And if you know, hopefully they'll get that up so you can see it. 2 Thessalonians 4, 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. So this is the will of God. The will of God is for you to be sanctified. Everybody say, I'm sanctified. And my sanctification will do what? It will help me that I should abstain from fornication. Again, that's a sexual sin, but all sin, but it, it, it's, it's focused on that. Verse 4. 
Verse 4, that every one of you should know, let God possess his vessel. That every one of you should just not do anything, and if God wants you to, he'll possess your vessel. You should be full of the Holy Ghost, shouldn't you? But even full of the Holy Ghost, your vessel does what you allow it to. You know, some of you are way too young. Some of you are old enough. You remember Flip. The devil made me do it. Some of you are too young. But he was a comedian, and he always went around saying, the devil made me do it. And a lot of Christians took up that mantra. I can't help it. The devil made me do it. Well, the devil can't make you do anything. And um, God, thank God for the Holy Ghost. And you can yield your entire vessel to him and be full. But daily living, you have to learn how to possess. What does the scripture say? You have to learn how to possess your vessel. In sa- how? In sanctification. So how do I do that? My vessel wants to do something that my nature says no to. That's not in my nature. My nature doesn't do that. What's a nature? Birds fly, fish swim, cats meow, dogs bark, and chase cars. That's their nature. What's your nature? Well, it used to be that of a sinner. You used to be a sinner. But what, what kind of nature you got now? Well, it's new. Recreated in Christ Jesus. You, you didn't get a makeover. You got a, you got a new one. No, listen, you didn't get a makeover. He didn't fix you up. You're a new creature, a new creation. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He has sanctified you. He has set you apart, and you have the ability to possess your vessel. Why would the Lord want you to possess your vessel? Because he's got some plans for your vessel. He's got some good things for your vessel. What does the devil know? He know that God's got some plans for your vessel. He know that God's got some plans for your life. What does he do? He wants to agitate your flesh. He wants to get you in the flesh. I've watched over the last two years of the devil masterly, mastermind that he is, uh, try to mess with the body of Christ and get them all fleshly and get them out of love and getting them even fighting among everybody, getting them all mad at the harvest, getting them all worked up all the time into a frenzy. It's not God. It's not God. It's not God. What's he want? What is God? You gotta possess your vessel. You gotta possess all those things that are in your flesh. Praise the Lord. How let's look at this one. Second Timothy chapter two. Second Timothy two, verse twenty and twenty-one. But in a great house, who's he talking? What's the great house? He's talking about you. You're the great house. What? Yeah, you're the great house. 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 6, 19 says you are now the temple of the Holy Ghost. This house that you live in, all the different shapes, colors, and sizes that it is, all the different, um, you know, roofing that you have up there, this is just a house. You lay down your house and you won't be there. The real you. 
Remember the apostle Paul said, I keep my body under. He didn't say, who's I? The real him. Every, every human being has a real them on the inside that never will cease to exist. This is just a house. If you'll learn that, this is just a house, you, you know, and, and that you have the ability to tell your house what to do and what not to do, you're just occupying a house. Now, you need a house to live in uh, the earth. Your house quits working, you're going to be gone. But it's just a house. But the Lord calls it the temple. This is the temple, and that's why even the sin against your temple is so grievous. Because it is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And if you and I see our, come on, this is the, the gathered presence of God lives on the inside of me. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Where does that glory reside? It's in you. It's in you. God, God in you. God in you. God lives in you. You know, a lot of times people want to say, well, when I get to heaven, I want to talk to those Old Testament saints that saw those miracles. I doubt it. They're going to be lined up to talk to you first. What, what do I mean? They're going to want to know, what was it like to have God live in you? None of them ever experienced that. Come on, it's Christ in you. God is in you. You, you, this is the temple of the Holy. God lives in you. That's why you can say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God lives in you. God lives in you. Maybe you look in the mirror while you're combing your hair or brushing your teeth and, and, and yell at yourself. God lives in you. God lives in you. But a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and earth. And to some to honor and some to dishonor. What? Let's look at verse 21. If a man therefore purge himself, what? Well, this is your house, and in your house sometimes there's things of honor, and sometimes there's things of dishonor. Sometimes there's things of silver and gold, and sometimes it's wood and hay and stubble. It said, if a man purge himself of these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. Does God care about your vessel? Does he care about what your vessel's doing? Does he care about what your hands are doing? Does he care about what your eyes are seeing? Does he care about what your ears are hearing? Does he care? He absolutely cares. Sanctification starts with knowing who you are, but then there's something you and I got to do about it. What I got to do? I got to sanctify myself with the word of God and prayer. Then what I got to do? I can purge myself uh, and become a vessel unto honor. Sanctify. Now, here we go. Everybody say this. Say it, say it with faith. Say, I am a vessel of honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared for every good work. What was our definition? Y'all remember my favorite definition? Y'all remember my favorite definition? The state of proper functioning. To set a person, to set apart a person for the intended use of its designer. Who's your designer? God. Does he have good plans for you? Are you walking in all of them? Well, we're, we're aiming that direction, but let's get there. Amen. If a man purge himself, so this is my temple, and I have to keep it purged. This, um, come on, purging doesn't sound fun all the time, but it's necessary. 
he purged himself from these, he shall be a vessel of honor. So the God side of sanctification, you can't do anything about. But your side of sanctification, God can't do. The Holy Ghost will help you. People can help you. How do you do it? Through the cleansing of the word of God, through the washing of the word of God, and through prayer. What do I got to do? I got to possess my vessel. Praise the Lord. Isn't this fun? I got to possess my vessel. What's the Holy Ghost trying to do? He's trying to get us set up for us to inherit the kingdom of God and all the blessings of God. He's wanting you to so walk in the blessings of God that it'll amaze those around you. He's trying to position you to rule and reign. The Young's literal translation, when it says inherit the kingdom of God, he literally translates it as reigning with God. The Bible says in this earth, you and I as kings, we will reign, rule and reign with the Lord. But it seems like there is something important about us truly ruling and reigning. It can't just be positional. It has to be actual. In order for it to be actual, we have to be sanctified. Jesus sanctified you, but then, there's a, then you and I have to sanctify ourselves. We've got to possess our vessel. Is that something I have to do? Yes. Is it something you have to do? Yes. Is it, if you want to walk in the blessings of God, it seems to me that, that the degree of sanctification that you walk in is the degree. Now, that's, I'm not talking about works. Yes, it's provided by the Lord. But there seems to be a degree of we have to participate. But it's not on your own works. You can't just work this up. You have to know you're sanctified. But then there's something we do positioned, you have all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ, positional. But then there's a work we got to do. What do we got to do? We got to possess our vessel. And, and what do we got to do? He, he, he shall be a vessel unto honor. It's sanctified meat for the master's use, prepared for every good work. What is the main purpose of sanctification? Is God's got a design on you. God's got a design, your creator has something special for you. When you were in your mother's womb, before you did anything right or wrong, God had a plan for your life. He prepared for you good works that you would do in him. He prepared that you would be blessed and you would be the head, not the tail. He prepared that you would rule and reign in this life by one Jesus Christ. There are problems coming to this earth that you and I cannot fathom with our mind, but we don't have to participate. We can be here, a thousand may fall at our side, 10,000 at our right hand, but it doesn't have to approach you. Come on, you live in the pavilion. You live in the pavilion, but what do I gotta do? I gotta live every day walking out my sanctification. I, I gotta purge myself of anything that's not pleasing to the Lord. Come on, this is bo- I gave you both sides of this. Yes, sanctification. They're like, oh, glory to God, glory to God, I'm sanctified. But then there's a part that you got to do. So come on, can I hear some glory to God, glory to God? I'm going to do that. Amen. Why? Prepared for every good work. The Lord's got plans for you. The Lord's got plans for you. The Lord's got plans for you in these last days. He needs you to position yourself so that you can do everything that He has intended. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org, check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.